0: listening to the creative pep talk podcast this show helps you build a thriving creative career i'm your host andy j pizza you can stay up to date with all creative pep talk things at my uh instagram at andy j pizza let's get into today's episode this episode is supported by in the making an original podcast brought to you by adobe express All right we'll keep it short and sweet today on the show we have a emmy award winner james pierce Connolly. he's a production designer for a little show called the voice if you've ever heard of it uh, <laughs> james owns a company called jp Connolly. it's a production design company um, he has his company's done work for people such as bill nye You ever heard of him? Snoop Dogg on Martha and Snoop's uh, show, and uh, we had a a phenomenal conversation. Uh, James had contacted me saying he was a fan of the show. We got talking, ended up turning into an episode, and I was fascinated. The the big question on my mind was, um, you know, I know in order for me to do my best work, I have to show up confidently in my ideas and i have to not be starstruck with the brands that i'm working with or or getting overly precious about what i'm doing but i have to really be in the moment and and not be afraid to look stupid when you're doing creative stuff uh if you're really self-conscious you're not going to be getting your your good stuff out there and i can't imagine uh doing it at the level that james is is doing where he's working with these, um, celebrities face to face and having to bring his ideas and thoughts and opinions, um, to the table over and over. And so I was kind of grilling him on how do you do that? And he had some amazing stories and great answers. And, uh, we had a really great conversation. I'm super glad he got to be on the show. Uh, we also get to talk about a, an intimate moment a, a nice, Hug with Snoop Dogg. That story's on here. You gotta wait for that. Uh, which man, I am so jealous of that. Not very many people get to say that they've had uh, such a a, a great uh, time with Snoop Dogg. So stay tuned for that. And also be sure to go check out James's uh, Instagram at jpconnelly. C O N N E L L Y. He is showing all the stuff behind the scenes that he's doing and uh all the work that they do on all these great shows. All right. Without further ado, here he is, James Pierce Connolly. Thanks for uh being here, James. Uh online. Uh yep. <laughs> virtually. Um I have been ha, I've been super into watching all the things that you've done and uh it's super impressive and v- extremely interesting to me. Thank you. Uh so thanks so much for being here. Um if you got stopped at like a random cocktail party, what would you tell them it was that you do?
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Um as that happens sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. And I design backgrounds on television, and right. I they they are worlds beyond the person who's talking, and that could be an actor, or that could be someone giving an interview, that could be a reality star, and so I'm responsible for all of that. Um, mm. That's that's it. That's my cocktail yeah. party mo- moment,
0: and that pretty much just summarized what production design is.
1: Correct? Yeah, I think so. That that whatever is cut in and around the head. Um, Is me,
0: yeah, and so what is your uh, ideal goal? Like, what are you trying to do for these shows? Oh gosh, interesting. Um, well, I mean, the world of
1: production design is is that like at a cocktail party, and it's it's sort of funny how many people really pay no attention to whatever's around that talking face. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're like, oh wow, huh? So they're they're not real. But uh, what am I trying to do with them is a good question. I mean, I suppose I'm, I'm just trying to get them there and as good as they possibly can be. And for like lack of being completely vague about that, uh, I'm there to really elevate um, and, and relate to the person at home. And sometimes, actually, not even sometimes, usually, I'm trying to um, curb the behavior of the person who is... Who you are paying attention to mm-hmm. so there's like this architectural expression that says and I, I might get i think i'm gonna get this right is is um environment plus b beha- plus personality equals behavior and man, so
0: man that's fascinating
1: yeah, yeah you can like really that. like like total super control freak mode you can really change um the the actor's way of being by you know uh, different environment, sculpting that space. Yeah,
0: man, that's fascinating. I mean, even just think about how different you act in just a restaurant to restaurant versus your work environment to your home to a club to whatever. You know, the 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 space and the setting definitely determines uh, how what your comfort level is, what what you bring to the table. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah, that totally makes sense.
1: I mean, sometimes and, when I rewatch my work because I do. Um, you know, oh, did the lamp work? Was that the right color red? But really, it's now more about, like, is that person interacting with the space the way they should be? Does Is it, is it genuine? Is it a genuine relationship? You know, when I did um, the new set for Watch What Happens Live, which is on Bravo, it's Andy Cohen, if anybody watches yeah. it. Um, and it got a little bit bigger. But they were so in love with how small that space was. They, they literally called it lightning in a bottle and they were so sensitive yeah. about uh, making it bigger and, and and keeping the integrity of the small space, you know, and, and all the details and the schmutz that goes in. But really, they were also worried that Andy wouldn't feel it and he could turn into be a little bit bigger than what it should be as, as opposed to having him so wonderfully in his tight little world at at reach and creating very intimate moments with their guests that they could pull out, you know, authentic reactions to, um, there, there was a real concern. It, it, it was that project that I really felt like hyper aware of how much my work uh, affects what's on camera.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And yeah. I also wonder, I once heard uh, a designer describe typography, uh, like carpet and and said that, you know, you don't, you don't notice good carpet. You only notice bad carpet or flooring. Uh And, uh, I wonder if like, there's an element to where, uh, you know, all this focuses on the, the people on screen. And I wonder if part of it is creating a space that feels natural, believable, doesn't break your, uh, you know, your, your, your suspension of disbelief. I wonder if like, you know, an environment that is kind of too out of whack or, or, or too eye-catching um, could possibly break the illusion or um, change that behavior too?
1: Oh, without a doubt. In fact, the best sets really are the most believable and subtle and support the action, um, or the best world, I should say, or environment. Mm-hmm. They support the action that you're watching and from a story perspective. But the worst ones support it too much Uh, They, 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 they they create a conflict that you're not, you're unaware of. It doesn't work. It looks fake, whatever. It's also a fine line uh, that I love to walk on that um, creates a fantasy that is contemporary and uh, ambitious um, and sort of like, I mean, I do a lot of high style type productions. And so, like, yeah. like the voice, for instance, where, you, you know, you know, that's not real, but it's just so dreamlike and so yeah. wonderful that you want to be there that, um, so the walking that it's line. kind of like yeah. an
0: escape or something. An or escape, like yeah. Something that seems nicer than reality.
1: Contemporary fantasy is what I kind of call it a little Man, bit. Like I like that. It's out of your world and you want to be there and you can believe it's real, but it's definitely not.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. And maybe we could just uh, stop for a minute sure. and you could give us a little bit of a brief, uh, you don't have to go back to the womb per se, <laughs> but maybe, uh, and I'm going to give everybody a little intro before the episode that sure. says, this is who this is. This is some of the background of of what he's done and what he's about. Um, but maybe you could give us a little bit of a, uh, a story of how you got into what you're doing now.
1: All oh, right what what is my what what is my story? I yeah. um, I was a I, I grew up in New Jersey. I live in Los Angeles now. Um, I was a an older son my sister and i uh, i'm not going to go back to the womb but i'm going to just a little bit there is some... always a
0: temptation to go back there and <laughs> there you is... can go back as far as you want stop
1: <laughs> there's some there there's definitely a lot of influence um i my mother was an artist and an art teacher and my dad was an architect and yeah. i grew up around that it was just kind of natural to be in like drawing classes and um just, You're kind of like the sum of a math problem in a way. A hundred percent. A lazy version, actually. Yeah, I
0: right. That's
1: hilarious. I, you know, there was a moment, too, Andy, that I was, I was like, I'm not going to get into that. I'm so tired of sketching classes and <laughs> crayons and crap that I yeah. want to focus on science and math. And it uh, I I just to rebel. To rebel, yeah. yeah. And then in yeah. high school, I kind of found um, my social group in backstage theater and the, the, yeah. kind of the drama Rats. And, mm. um, and that social atmosphere. And it was the tail end of high school where I became a little lazy. I mean, I was always a pretty decent student, active, involved. Um, and I, But I just didn't really want to take foreign language anymore. I didn't want to take much science anymore. And so I, um, I, went, I was like, you know what, heck, I'm going to apply to drama schools. And I didn't really know what theater set design was. I just knew that it didn't have to take acting classes. And yeah. so... I applied to a, five or six East Coast schools, NYU, Rutgers, a couple of them. And um, we weren't the most well off. So I went to Rutgers University and I sh- showed him a bunch of my artwork from a kid and some of my theater stuff and um, did a pretty decent interview. And uh, I got in and I remember yeah. on the checkbox of like, what's, you know, what, what do you want to, what track do you want to be in? And it was acting, uh, management, or design. And I actually was down to management or design. I thought, well, I'm decent with people. And uh, I have a drawing background. Well, design doesn't have to take acting classes. So
0: uh, I want to do that. (laughs) That determines your entire trajectory. That
1: was literally Uh, (laughs) it. You know, that was literally it. And then there was one other moment. It was a few weeks later, uh, I was in school. First day of intro to design class, where they're going to go explain all the, the careers ahead. And I remember thinking, so the only thing I have to do in this job, and thank God my mom and my father were pretty uh, uh, supportive of, like, going to drama school, but Mm -hmm. without really any intention, um, I thought, so all I have to do is is, is read a play and then build, like, a diorama about it? Like, (laughs) that's it? That's, like, a job? Oh, (laughs) all right, sure, like, I can do that, like... I like the diorama parts of high school. Sure. And that was it. Now, you know, it became a lot harder. And uh, a little bit more craft was involved in terms of, like, technical drafting and all this other kind of stuff. But yeah. I became so fascinated with be- with being good at it and working hard at it. And it, was, it also involved this social group that I kind of fell in love with. I mean, this world is full of, like, the smartest people on the planet doing really like the dumbest thing, like making a play, you know? <laughs> and so they're so fun and so great and so stimulating. So I just fell in love with this career and then I've just sort of, uh, taken it step by step. I got into, there's another kind of like weird transition moment. Um, so I graduated, was going to go and right and move into New York. Um, and it was like 2002. I was, in london studying shakespeare doing the whole thing and it was just after 9 11 and it really sent a a, a ripple through uh everyone's life including just the entire new york city right and so leaving school in the metropolitan area and starting fresh in the saddest moment of like you know 50 years or so was just not an option so um I was blanketing resumes all over, contacting people that I had met through the last couple years of my education, and um, I got a job in San Diego as a prop guy, and I it was sunny. I went out there to, for a visit for the first time ever. Um, couldn't believe that a uh, world like this existed without bugs and humidity. <laughs> couldn't believe it, Andy.
0: Yeah. And, that sounds um, good.
1: Yeah, it was so great, it
0: was so great. I hate bugs, I'll tell you that, that's one thing. Hey, we don't even have them, we don't, I don't even yeah, they
1: don't, people yeah. don't even have screen doors,
0: I, I, I digress. I'm in the wrong place, at least I'm <laughs> not in New York, but yeah, or Florida. Oh, yeah.
1: oh yeah. the worst, Um, yeah. sorry, sorry, Floridian. Sorry, sorry for the weird bug. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, got out here and then fell in love with Southern California, and then again, just kind of enjoyed every step of the way and met some people who said at a wedding who said you'd love Los Angeles. You, there's a lot of work in television. It's kind of what you're doing right now. Okay, yeah. you
0: know I'm gonna try that. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Let me let, let me just go back a little bit to uh, the, an early thing that you said. One one so one of the things that I am obsessed with doing on the podcast and then in life is just like recognizing patterns. Uh, I liken it to, you know, life is like looking at this giant static sea of stars and yeah. if you can connect some of the dots, you'll see like a constellation and it helps you navigate a little bit. So I'm always like looking for patterns. And one of the patterns that I saw in what you said was early on, it wasn't really anything about anything other than just finding your people, right? That's like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've heard, uh, the first time I heard that was, uh, Jerry Seinfeld talking about wanting to be a comedian and he had gone into a club and saw these stand up comedians and was just like, I gotta be one of those guys. I got it. And then he, he did it and he was around those people and he was like, I'm home. This is it. These are, this is the, these are the people I need to be around. Was it like that for you when you stepped into like the theater world?
1: Oh, I love this! It, I hope this lasts. The hope this little interview lasts forever. Keep reading me. I love this. I can't wait to keep going. Um, I, just by you saying that, made me feel like I could remember specifically two instances. Um, in even in high school, I was walking down the hallway. I can specifically remember uh, it was freshman year. It was just just after Christmas, and I remember seeing a guy come out of the theater uh, balcony with a headset on. It looked looking as if like he was in charge of something, and I thought. <laughs> Oh, that looks really cool. I want to. Yeah. I want to be inside there. Right, I want to awesome. do that. Uh, how do I get in? How do I get inside there? Yes. And um, and to, even to, even today, I own a small business. Uh, it's about seven of us full time and yeah. some permalancers. We're up to about twenty usually, and um, it's always about finding the right people, without a doubt. My my job is sniffing out human resources and clicking with people and you interview people and you collaborate with people um on the client level and it really is about finding that person all the time and i have repeat clients that i just consider best friends and the best things come out of that
0: and that's that's so Ooh, i love that it gives me the chills it's, it's so true too. And I, I try to uh, encourage people and I, I'm not the only person that has said this, but uh, early on in my career, you know, I would go out to the conferences and go out to the events and, you know, you're told you got to go do networking and, it's so awkward and weird, but then accidentally you will run into some person that you just click with. And it's this shift from networking, not networking, but making friends and finding where are those people within your little corner that just, uh, that you have that chemistry with and those are the people that end up helping you build a career over a lifetime Maybe you, you network randomly with some head honcho somewhere cool and you get some random job But it's not going to sustain your career. What does that are these like core? Relationships with that chemistry.
1: Yeah, when I moved out to LA for the first time not knowing anyone You know yeah. just about taking this like advice. I, I got at a wedding And I moved up here. I met a couple. I met the woman at the wedding, introduced me to some lesbian that she knew. You should move in with her. I met her whatever. We moved in with each other. I remember freelancing from one job to the next. I was painting here. I would do this. This lesbian would recommend me to another person. I remember, though, as I was getting into a little bit of a momentum, telling myself, and I didn't even really know really what networking was. The value of networking has really just been amplified so much lately. In the last yeah. 10 years there weren't podcasts this true. you know 15 years ago yeah. um i remember just telling myself i need to make at least one friend on each project just one yeah. a friend yeah. just a, a true friend like talk to a bunch of people and just meet somebody that you like don't force it just a friend and it was literally yes. my own advice telling myself that like i built up not fake work friendships but real friendships that literally just keep still keep my career as fertile as it is
0: yes that's absolutely true and i i've told i i've learned myself that Uh, over and over, it's like, this isn't, it's not, if you can kind of see it from a more pure perspective, it's not just about, you know, the go out there and find the people that you can use to get ahead. Like the people out in these worlds, like we said before, should be your people. These are the, so go find them because they're going to be not just great for your career, but for your happiness and mental health, you're gonna surround yourself with people that uh, that make you better, that make you excited to be working, and uh, you know this it, should be it, it enjoyable. All kinds.
1: This, exactly. is, this is this. I mean, I didn't get into building dioramas out of a play to. <laughs> Not enjoy get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't want to enjoy it, I'd just do finance or something horrible. Yeah, you know?
0: exactly. That's hilarious. I also love that thing you said about um. It's it's the weirdest, most bizarre thing. Every once in a while, you know, I'll go meet... Uh, people, vice presidents in the business world of of whatever, you know, I'll run into them from time to time. These kind of situations, and you think, man, the 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 top creatives that I know are just as brilliant as these people. Yeah. They're probably making you know a, a quarter of what they they make, but they've chosen this like. Uh, like you said, this super incredible smart people to do this really dumb stuff. Dumb, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's super dumb, and also what makes life worth living for so many people. That's right. Um, so that's that's incredible. So out out of that whole journey, you kind of mentioned like friendships and relationships. Um, was was there any other like core value or any other? just decision or choice uh, or, or just something you carry along the way that you remind yourself of that that helped get you into this stratosphere because from the you know the outside I'm sure every day you're living it you probably don't feel like it's as glamorous as it may seem on the outside but from from lots of people's point of view working on the voice working on uh, these movies and TV shows this is like the top stratosphere of creativity and uh, you know, and <laughs>
1: It is. It's so true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't feel it like, it, like it at all. But at the same time, it is incredibly. Uh, this is
0: the high stakes creative uh, world, and I think, uh, I think everybody would be fascinated to know if there's anything that you think helped you get into that world. Where there are, it's a funny question.
1: So yeah, I do. It's funny that you ask this because even today. Um, I went to a meeting with, uh, somebody who I consider a great friend. I've worked with her now for about almost, almost 10 years, but a little shy of 10 years. Yeah. Um, we she's developing her own show. It's going to be on NBC. It's, 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 it's a great show. It's, it's gone on a journey and she, we, she invited me over and we rapped about it. We created some new things, came up with some new cool stuff. Um, it's going to be a great project. It's going to shoot in February. And I walked out, and I thought, "God, so lucky to be a part of a great collaboration like that." Um, I want, I wish, I wish more clients were like that. I mean, have some um, that are, but this was so great and enriching. God, I feel really good. And then last night, Andy, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't feel like this all the time, and you know, it's there's a general, you know, schlepp fest sometimes. But last night, I mean. It, a point of my life right now is um, I'm dating again I went yep. through a, a breakup about uh, seven or eight months ago so and hear about it. oh sure it happens it, it's life it was not yep. pleasant but it was fine and now I'm, I'm I'm seeing this seeing this guy and it's funny when you date again and it starts to get into a little bit more serious how much yeah. you learn about yourself right True. and, and True. even last night I was saying sort of the, the the conversation had taken a turn and we were talking a little bit deeper and I was saying, you know, one thing I just always want and I feel like this in my career as well as personal life This is that I always want to get better. I actually don't know if I'm all that good and I just am on this consistent quest for like learning and getting better. And yeah. I think that that's a big part of me and also a big part of maybe why I'm here. I. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't know everything. I barely know much about anything. I just want to absorb as much as I possibly can from the people around me and the situation that I'm in so that I can use some old experience and then formulate my own kind of design um, the best I can. It's In school, I maybe worked the hardest, but I certainly wasn't the most talented, Um, but I was determined to be, and, um, I think that that's, I think that's the answer to your question. Like,
0: yeah, I, my, I have a friend who, uh, went to Micah and he, he had been given some advice, uh, from a, uh, lecturer there that said, just kind of think of it. Like every six months you want to grow so much that you like to burn your portfolio from before that absolutely if, if you just have that kind of growth uh mindset about what you're doing you're gonna get interesting places and i, I always said the other thing i've thought a lot about recently is I, I always like in my own experience i always like especially in college i was trying everything dipping my toes into like a billion creative pools be it you know illustration design rap. That i did all kinds of different uh creative endeavors and i always kind of thought i was looking for uh quality instant quality of like being just a prodigy or being amazing at some random thing and the heavens would open up and actually i've realized that uh instead of looking for quality that it's actually more powerful to look for quantity uh, of time i'm willing to spend like rather than looking for talent, looking for a tolerance for a thing to just, you know, be obsessed with improving. And that I do think you're totally right. I think that that is the game changer. Cause even those people at school that were hot shots at the time, if they didn't stick at it, they didn't end up going anywhere.
1: I feel like, a, I feel like comfortable in this place of kind of, a minus or B plus, like right, I've never plus. been A plus before. Yeah. and I mean, I Andy, I have nine Emmy nominations, and for the last <laughs> seven of them, I've lost. I've sat there and I've lost. Yeah, I don't know like, what
0: that is like at all. I mean, I've lost awards, but I cannot imagine. I can't imagine just what goes through your what I'm almost emotions Comfortable are. in this spot, you know that's what I mean. Good. Like, it's, Actually, it's challenging heard- and
1: motivating. You know.
0: Yes, man. That's I, I totally. Uh, I think that that is the right attitude it's the attitude i've tried to have of like you know it's you're in the game you're like you're you're up for the award it's like yeah, yeah i, that I tell really you know we have sense. a small company it's a it's 2500
1: square foot office and it's i keep t- i tell my 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 staff especially the, my second really my vp a lot and i'm like i hope we always hit a ceiling like i hope we have breaks but i know that it gets stressful but when we hit ceilings we grow and we learn we hit ceilings we grow and we learn and like that's like a that's a good spot for our culture like yeah. that's kind of who we are and who i am so yeah
0: yeah so here's a question speaking of ceilings and obstacles what are is there any obstacle that comes to mind that you've hit that really took um more out of you to break through? Are there any obstacles that, um, yeah, that just were kind of tricky to get through Do you have any stories like that? Uh, An obstacle to break through. I mean, I just feels like it happens. I mean,
1: I'm in the nature of production and every single project is its own obstacle. I have, um, you know, some, there was, there was a time I used to be, uh, you know, there's a natural progression to this career and I happen to be on the very young side of a particular working generation of it at the moment. And I remember, I think it's because of this instance that got me to this place. I was a full-time art director, which in layman's terms, for those who don't know Hollywood is a project manager for like a creative director, which is equal to a production designer. And in this line of television that I'm in, um, this guy was similar structure as i have now not quite as large but he did multiple projects multiple variety show type projects and i was full time with him for uh three years and i loved it i felt a very um a very deep connection to his process and running his workflow and just being a supporter and an assistant and a project manager in general. I thought to myself many times, I love this job. Like, I don't ever want to change. I'll be here for 10 years. This is great. And uh, did, a decent, did a decent living. We had a falling out. Um, I got, uh, self-admittedly, I probably got way too big in my head, too ego. Uh, he felt a little sensitive towards it. We had a, a falling out and I lost my job. Mm-hmm. Um, it, my whole world was that. And for a couple weeks, I really had no idea like what to do and it was it was it was a total um challenge internally yeah. to sort of put myself out there, rebrand myself. I yeah. sent out a birth announcement to every person I had met in my contact book that said i it's a boy you know i i I've, I've been birthed I'm out, yeah. please hire me yeah. and um
0: what did it feel like when you were at that moment of being yeah just let go and not knowing the future what were you feeling like what was it what was that experience like in the regular cuz i think it's easy to be like yeah you know how it is when those things happen but really like a lot of us have experienced those things and it can be genuinely kind of petrifying yeah it's real um you know
1: it, it was very challenging my natural instinct is to always just Hunker down, deep focus, and get into it. I did um, for a couple weeks. But I always also say this, Andy, like it was incredibly lonely. And mm-hmm. I was back to ground zero of, I guess, like you said earlier, like just sort of finding my people. Cause forever, mm-hmm. it, like my boss's people were my people. And so I had to re sort of start again. And that was, um, that was, yeah, that was. Was tough, and, and and you start again. You know, it is what it is, and it's yeah. it's just a job, it's just a career, and you can always change it. And it's not no, it's not life or death. So, just yeah. went went back out there.
0: Yeah, and then what happened?
1: I freelanced for two or three other designers uh, pretty regularly for a couple of years. Um, I found a full time job for a year and a half. Then after that, a year and a half on uh, a talk show. And became quickly in love with being my own kind of creative boss and having my own voice. Even though they were small segments and small bits and pieces of uh, one show, I kind of loved the rhythm of that and building trust with the uh, team that was was there. And then I just, I wanted more. I just wanted to eat more. And so I took on a side project. I took on two side projects. I took on an assistant to balance that other side project. I just wanted to stay uh, on top. So I just yeah. took more and more and more. I always felt like I was still like going to be unemployed and I had just been fired, even though it had been like five years later. But I always was still kind of like treading water and trying to figure it out and get the next gig so I didn't drown. And, um, and then after that show had went down, I was back – to zero again, and I had gotten a call about The Voice, and uh, I went in to interview for it, did uh, some sketches for it, and I got offered the job, and it was a big hit, so then I'm in the same boat. I'm still on The Voice, and I'm taking on every single thing I can and building a team around it.
0: One of the things I recognize about myself in there is uh, that, whenever you got let go and you had that survival survival mentality, of you know, hunger, needing to make things happen. Like you said, that mentality lingered way longer than it probably even was a reality where you thought like I was fired or I was let go or whatever. Uh, And even way past, you know, successfully building your own thing and having all these new experiences. But I think like uh, that, is a real self-starter place to be and people that have to go through that gauntlet are the people that i think end up in leadership oftentimes yeah because they they have to have take take the reins and like figure out how to make it all work do you feel like that season trained you and prepared you to be in more of a leadership position at the voice
1: it's survival mode isn't it
0: it's like I hope it doesn't happen again and again and again. It's <laughs> yeah. miserable. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I feel. I always look back on like, man, yeah. I learned so much from that. Hope I never have to learn anymore. <laughs> yeah. from that. I hope I got all of the lessons from that season. It's always
1: survival mode. Survival mode. I, yeah. I mean, the voice was the same thing, even down at, to its granular level. That show was very difficult uh, yeah. in its earliest seasons. It was. We were reinventing something. We were up against a huge juggernaut called American Idol um we were uh responsible for so much story and style and keeping it fresh and just uh rethinking and it was also uh it was fun because at the time everybody was uh young and my age and sort of from a different background of not as much success and coming together and really proud of the show that which which was becoming more and more successful in seasons and seasons and so yeah. it was kind of great to grow with these people as well um and at the same time they're incredibly energetic and so it was just so full time i mean taking phone calls at 2 a.m i am not kidding and uh and now it's a pleasure it's wonderful uh blessed to have it it's it's brought me to so many places including china and uh now i'm doing a, a huge project in vegas for it um and also recognition for other shows and so i'm i feel like an established production designer i have several other series that we manage and maintain as well as develop brand identities for like top chef and Martha's yeah. and Snoop's potluck, uh, dinner party and, um, Bill Nye saves the world and a few others. And so, uh, so yeah, it's great.
0: <laughs> did, did you early on, I want to get to like Snoop and Bill Nye and all sure. you know, the, the real reason we're here to talk about these things, these guys, uh, um, but early days of the voice, um, in your own, in your part of that world, was the American Idol, David and Goliath thing like a real thing in your mind as you're making decisions and trying to differentiate and all of that jazz?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, personally, I had seen that, that, that show for a, a long time. You know, I'd watched yeah. it and I didn't want to do anything near it. And, yes. uh, and that was just kind of an instinct. And nobody else did either. And so... It was, it was great to, just always say, well, that's what they do on Idol, so let's not do that. And everybody would say that.
0: Work against and. Were you? Do you think even when you were watching that in your own, you know, craft and instinct, were you thinking, I would do something totally different? Like I, you know, did you have? Did you have that like raw creative energy going into the voice of like, man, this, this kind of thing could be done totally differently from a production design point of view?
1: Oh, I mean, every day of my life still, and not even just that show. (laughs) I, when you, when people hire me, um, they get a raw opinion about, um, what I think, uh, uh, bad television is that's on now and what I think authenticity is and, what I think, how our show can stand out. And uh, I mean, I care deeply about these projects and I want to see them to be successful. And I think that our track record has got a few successful ones on it. So people do listen, you know, so that's just kind of nice. But in the beginning stages, um, yeah, you know, uh, when nobody has an opinion, I did. And when lots of people had an opinion, I kind of curated them and organized them to see which one sort of made the most sense, and then I repeated it back to them to see if they agreed.
0: Let's let's go on a slight tangent, just on a personal, <laughs> on a personal note. So yeah. I, you know, I lived in England for five years. My wife is British. We watch a lot of uh, British uh, reality TV, mm-hmm. and I wonder, like, I feel like this thing that you're talking about, I can't remember what you called it. what do you call the fantasy?
1: Contemporary fantasy.
0: Yeah, contemporary fantasy. I wonder, like, from your point of view, uh, like, I always see, there's such a staunch difference between American reality TV, if that's what you're going to call it, uh, and British. Yes. Uh, And I wonder, like, I feel like that contemporary fantasy, that escapism into something, I don't know, more, more clean and and new and future and whatever. I wonder what it is about that that you think is so appealing. Do you you follow that? All that weird logic? Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: really, it's just a struggle for, uh, and reaching for something that's relatable to the the viewer and what feeling we want to give to them. And in America, there is a ton of bad uh, versions of this. You know, like painting the walls pink in a love show is not... Contemporary fantasy—it's just <laughs> color, you know. It's just yeah. bad. Um, the England definitely approaches things in their productions, from what I've seen, um, a little bit more documentary style, a little True. bit di- dirtier. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's um, part of the culture because I—I—I I, I, I don't think that there's a lot of—I um, don't know, I, like. Hollywood romanticizing you know I mean like they have a, a longer history of um, uh, uh, they just have a longer history and in America we kind of like yeah. our, our royalty is really Hollywood and so that there's totally. this longing to be escape into that world and so our productions can be a little bit fancier a little bit more plussed up um, I definitely try to yeah, keep it as relatable that'd- as possible though
0: uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I think that that's really interesting to think about it through uh, the royalty aspect. I think that that totally sets a different tone, and I actually think even from uh, the point of view of the public in England, I know we're getting way off track here. Yeah, yeah, I'm it's fine. Interested it's fine. in it, uh, is, you know they. I think they like to think of their uh, their Hollywood, their their elite, their their celebrities as. They don't like when they p- portray themselves as as royalty. They like they them to be more like be like normal people. And yeah, America definitely is looking for a different thing. But well, role
1: models, and we we look for role models. We look for safety. Yeah. We mm. look for friendliness. We look for a little bit of there is a little bit of fakeness. I mean, families here are a lot different than families in Europe, and, true. and 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 it's just cultural,
0: basically. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. And so, and then I want to move on, but I, one more question about that is uh, in terms of the voice, when you're creating uh, this atmosphere, what are you wanting them to feel like about the voice? Like, what are you, are you wanting to feel like this is on the cutting edge? This is the future. This is the, this is a, um, like, you know, I can imagine there's a lot of reasons why you would want to feel like that, like the next best artist is coming from this. Um, is, are, the, are those things that come into your creative mindset? I,
1: you know, I could look back at the previous, I, it, actually, I would never look back at previous seasons of The Voice because it would make me cringe. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, looking at my old work would be so miserable.
0: Yeah, that's um, right. That's funny. The
1: best part about The Voice is the executives are always challenging us to kind of keep it fresh, updated, make sure that it stays current and fresh. And so it is this kind of um, journey for me to stay on top of current styling and hotels and restaurants and things, architectural influences uh, that, w- that you know, are ambitious uh, yeah. on camera. So, yeah, it is the challenge to do that. I also have on certain seasons put my own self into it just recently um working with some of the executives I put you know it's it's a little bit more uh, honest about where it is in terms of um universal studios now yeah and it's really a journey to me through the studio and um seeing all that kind of Hollywood commotion because I I get the chills every time I go to mm. stage to, for a meeting I mean I parked today and There you drive up to level four or five and you park at the structure and you can see stage 12 um, and this huge mural I painted on it that says the voice that the tram drives by. And I even still kind of think like, my God, that is amazing that I did that. It's so crazy. (laughs) Um, And then I go downstairs and I walk past like seven or eight different stage doors and you see like, you know, things inside that are cool. And, And I thought a couple of seasons ago, I thought, my God, what must it be like? for an artist to walk down these this these streets to audition like we should just show that you know like what is that like that's insane and so let's shoot that so i took a gopro and i just shot a bunch of like streets and then i showed the director and a couple of the executives like we should we should just show this and over here we should add a bunch of flags and over here we should uh, do a couple of bushes with some should splash in voice red branding here and there but this is what our story is like look how exciting this is and um it's strictly that was strictly personal that was it was just
0: a feeling that is awesome and that's totally true that's good storytelling yeah Uh, yeah that's amazing uh I will say this, and then we'll move on to some other shows and stuff. But uh, I don't—I haven't seen the recent branding. I did really like uh, the few years back when you had all of the color swirling. I, I mean, I'm partial to like. Having eighteen different colors in your brand, <laughs> yeah. um, with but I remember the one the Voice had come out with all this like color swirl paint. Yeah, oh, I, I was so into that. Um, so that they awesome. change it
1: every year. It's so great, and it's yeah. it's always really current and fantastic.
0: So, okay, this is my last big question, and uh, you know, I've seen on Instagram and from talking to you. Uh, I know that you know you're going to come face to face with people like Bill Nye. Did you meet Snoop Dogg? Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, of course. Snap. Man, that's wild. I yeah. wish that I had that experience. Um, the,
1: this is the craziest story ever. I'll tell a quick story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yes, please. It was nuts. We took that show on. Uh, the designer they had originally put on it uh, had a falling out. It happens. Fell through. We got involved. We had like two weeks to put this thing together. But we, this is
0: with martha stewart right? with
1: martha as well and uh, talk about like uh,
0: match made in heaven
1: match made in heaven gay boys dream you know just like <laughs> oh my god i'm on an email chain with martha stewart like crazy <laughs> yeah. and you know we're talking about subway tile together like it's <laughs> just bananas you know like what am i doing um and it was a grind, and we, we 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 just hit a home run. You know, the network liked it, the talent liked it, all just through digitally telecommuting these these communications. Um, at the same time, I had a brand new assistant uh, who got involved within the week, and my mother was coming out for the Emmys. This is like a year a year or so ago, two years ago, and my mom's out um that weekend I'm like all right get in the car I'm gonna meet my new assistant there and she's gonna get this I need to get a tuxedo shirt it's the first day Martha and Snoop are gonna show show up at set so we're almost done but they could have some notes for me so I gotta meet them there
0: yeah no
1: it's just, it's just like this whirlwind commotion
0: yeah. Of
1: you, yeah like you can't even think past your nose and I get there and you know every VH1 executive is there every talent agent is there every publicist is there and um my mother is there. <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> I haven't told this story this big. And uh, <laughs> Martha gets in and she loves it. And it was, it's really, it's really special. And uh, yeah. she's there first. And I, I, you know, I talk her through all, I mean, I'm nervous. And I don't usually get too, too nervous, but I'm so nervous around her. I'm talking yeah. through some of the choices that we had made together and some of the things I had t- t- taken some liberties with. Um, and some of the, uh, some of her people on her team were even nervous about that. So that I was prepared to sort of like, you know, make a change. And she was incredibly gracious and was, oh, I love what you did. It was just great. Oh, Um, man. And uh, and then Snoop walked in with his mountain of people. And (laughs) I'm not kidding you, like, was so happy with, because there's two sides to the kitchen. So was so happy with his side and all of it that he hugged me on the stage for – like I'm not like a minute and a half, like uncomfortably oh, so much so, like where you're like, oh my God, you don't have to do this. And um, with, I have a, everybody took out their phones and took yeah. these photos and videos. It was so amazing. It was like oh, better than the Emmys, you know, and my mom's there and she's just like over the moon
0: about <laughs> Your it. Your mom you know, like, gets I to see Snoop give know. you I this know. long hug. It's <laughs> insane. Oh, it's insane. Man. I wouldn't be more jealous of that. That is a moment. It was a moment. Uh, That is so good. And I wonder, you know, I I imagine I put myself in these shoes, even though it's very hard for me to imagine hugging Snoop for uh, over a minute and a half. But uh, (laughs) I think about these situations. And, you know, I think about getting into a meeting with uh, Nickelodeon, even over the phone or, uh, you know, the various situations I've been in, talking to directors about a commercial or whatever it is. And, you know the more clout they have or the more you revere them or whatever, the more the nerves kick in and you get into that situation. And I know personally that if I'm unable to bring, even with just like a public speaking thing or whatever, if I can't bring my authentic self, I'm not gonna give, my real ideas that's just I'm it i'm not going to do a good job right that's uh, just it. so how do you how do you fight through that on this kind of level there's not much of a higher level when you're stood in front of Snoop and Martha like what what do you do um, how have you learned to get your true self out there in these situations
1: I mean, it, it really does it is inc- it's like it's like this earthquake in your body you know i mean like yeah. they're so nervous i mean there, I, it happens every time uh, with all of these like, yeah, celebrities or high-powered executives, you go into the head of NBC and pitch something. I, I want to die, you know? Um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And uh, it takes practice, and you have to really learn how to um, ask a bunch of questions and also uh, just sort of take it and just kind of be their support system for their questions. I, don't, You know, I think practice, I think Um, I always make sure to ask them a ton of questions about them and their home and a a few style points with things that they like. I always make sure to mention that I want you to know that I'm doing this for you and um, what you're comfortable with uh, on an executive level or, um, or a celebrity because I am the support staff. I mean, I'll take it back to my desk and put whatever spin I want on it. Uh, that i think is the right choice that's why they hired me but with them i'm their crutch for feeling and so i want them to know that i don't know just practice meet more of them
0: it sounds like yeah you're saying make it personal so see the person as a person yeah and, and get and and ask questions and and understand where they're coming from and then also i think the practice thing is is massive because i think one of the things that ends up petrifying you is this idea that every situation is do or die. And if you can see it as, well, this is just another practice on how to get better at bringing my real ideas and bringing myself to these meetings, uh, that even alone will lower the bar and and take the pressure off so that you can actually get into that creative flow. Yeah.
1: It's really like not being so afraid of screwing up. I mean, I've screwed up so many times, I can't believe people keep hiring me. And (laughs) you say the wrong thing so many times that you're just like, wow, this is amazing that I keep getting brought back to the table. Um, So, I mean, and and at this point, like, I always strive for perfection, but if I screw up, I know it's not the end of the world. Yeah,
0: that's totally true. That's such a breakthrough moment. Early on in my career, I had those situations where you know, someone was asking being unrealistic in their expectations or whatever. And at some point you just break and you're like, look, I can't do that. Yeah. And you think well, that's gone. They'll never call back. And then they call you in 30 minutes. They're like, all right, that's fine. You're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> all right, golly. So yeah, man, that, that's fantastic. Uh, all life. right. So uh, let me just leave it here. What, uh, you can, what are you working on now? And what, what are you insanely excited about in your creativity? Yeah, right. Let's stop main dropping. Let's
1: get into some stuff here. <laughs> um, I'm working on right now uh, another season of The Voice, which is great. Um, I'm also working on a. This is a, a outside of television. Um, the Voice, it's just been recently announced, so I think you can find it online. I wish I had the website, but I don't, but I can find it for the yeah, notes. We can put it in
0: the notes, yeah.
1: Um, it's a voice residency. It's called The Voice Neon Dreams, and it's a theater production at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. And we're doing the well, – get, get a load of this. We're building the building from scratch. What? We are digging next week. It is a 800-seat theater in the round um, with, like, animatronics and video that is going to blow your mind. It's previous winners, special guests, this interactive lobby. So it's not only the 800 seat theater where like 150 of the premium suites actually swivel like the voice chairs. Um, There's bars (laughs) and bathrooms. And then there's this interactive lobby that you can go in and audition for the voice in these audition rooms and they upload immediately to um a database of auditions for the actual show as well as the one that you're about to watch which you could be in the show like the whole thing is that just mind-blowing um, this
0: is like production design on on a whole other stratosphere
1: it's a stra- it's 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 crazy like yesterday i spent yeah, my entire crazy. day choosing bathroom tile for the back of house bathrooms like every yeah. detail yeah. needs to be just perfect and so i've been just dripping in all of that um i'm also working on a, another show called the four which is going to be on fox and it's another singing competition show i am a music man yeah. and then um what else am i doing there's a show on mtv called are you the one it's pretty it's pretty known uh it's got a nice following it's a it's a romance type of show and i'm doing the reunion episode and then I've got a lot of things in development. There's a lot of new shows I probably can't talk about that I'm drawing and will be shot uh, uh, next year. Oh, oh yeah. And just yesterday we got a call about Top Chef Junior, which is coming back, and um, we're doing that's that. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. And uh, do you feel? Uh, are you in a state right now? Are you in a season of high creative energy? Are you? Does that kind of, for me, it ebbs and flows, but do you, what are you getting like jazzed about? It sounds like you're pretty jazzed about the Las Vegas uh, voice thing.
1: I am. And that has its ebbs and flows. Um, You know, that's so strange about the ebbs and flows of creativity. I do feel like that ever so often, but like my personal life kind of like uh, drives a lot of that too. So I'm in a definite flow. I'm like living my best life right now. I've got this yeah, new amazing. romance going on and I just like, it's great. Things are really great. So spring I'm, I'm super creative. Yeah. What's that?
0: Yeah. The spring times, the new beginnings. the like, oh yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, so yeah, exciting. That's awesome. Uh, well, all right. Where can uh, people catch you if they want to go check out what you're up to?
1: I do a. Well, I haven't, I haven't done it today too bad, but um, I typically I'm um, all over Instagram at Connolly, c-o-n-n-e-l-l-y and i love to insta story uh where i'm at new shows yeah. and if i can't mention the show because it hasn't been announced yet i will i'll just show you like the paint finishes and and, this, and the the couches that we custom made and why they work well together and i love to um kind of show off a little bit and practice talking about it so i bumble my way through um some projects and show you
0: around that's awesome. Well, hey, man, I don't want to take any more of your time. This has been phenomenal. It's definitely a uh, window into a world that I have yet to look into. So uh, I really, really appreciate all your uh, generous lessons and life story and uh, everything that you've given us. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Andy. I appreciate that. Yeah. And watch all these shows so I can keep my job.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. That's good. All right. Thanks, James. Bye. James, thank you so much for being on the show, man, and uh, sharing all your creative wisdom. I know uh, this is just going to apply to all of my listeners, uh, even though we all might not be having meetings with uh, people like Snoop Dogg and Bill Nye. Our meetings are still scary too, James, all right? Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for being on the show. Don't forget to check out James's Instagram at jpconnolly. Uh, lots of really interesting, uh, stuff going on there and, uh, we just appreciate you and, and taking time out to be on the show. Hey. Thanks for listening. If you love Creative Pep Talk and it's had some kind of impact on your creative career, there are a few ways you can support the show. You you can review the show on iTunes. You can back the podcast with your money at patreon.com slash Talk and be one of the many uh, producers of the show. You can get some CPT merch if you like a little win-win, give-and-take kind of financial contribution at creativepeptalk.com slash shop. And you can get access to the first 100 episodes of the show and stay up to the date. Stay up to the date with new shows by uh, signing up to the newsletter at creativepeptalk.com. Thank you guys for uh, making this show happen and listening every week. Um, Obviously, I'm having the time of my life (laughs) doing this show. Um, Thank you guys so much. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Uh, As you guys know, actually, I have a new poster out with the band Y. You didn't know this, but in college, Y, I mean, Y has been one of my all-time favorite bands since college, but in college, I was so obsessed with this band. I knew every lyric uh, to all of their CDs, and me and my friends were jamming out, and now I get to work with these dudes who are just phenomenal, and I also have them have the theme song of my show which is an ultimate dream of mine and it sounds so perfect it sounds just like creative pep talk when it opens the show um so thanks to you guys thanks to nate utesh for some tunes from his band metavari you can find metavari at soundcloud.com slash metavari m-e-t-a-v-a-r-i uh you can also hmm what else can you do oh you can say thanks to Alex Sugg for editing the show and providing other tunes. Thanks, man, for being part of the Creative Pep Talk team. Woo, man, guys, this week has been freaking nuts. I was in uh, Stockholm, Sweden for uh, five days doing a Color Me Blank show, Color Me World Tour with Andrew Nyer, uh, where we do this black and white mural and uh, the public colors it in with giant markers that, uh, that we make for the show. It was one of the best times of my life. Stockholm is so gorgeous. We had so many amazing meals. Um, and uh, unfortunately, my wife got stuck without her green card and is still stuck in the EU. And uh, it's just been the craziest time ever. Luckily, she got to take a little flight over to her family and see her mom and dad and grandparents in the UK. Kind of a blessing in disguise sort of thing. Um, But man, it's been so freaking wild. Uh, Next episode, I'm going to update you with all my like... I don't know. I feel like it's <laughs> like tour dates. like I'm some kind of band, but I've got, I'm talking at a bunch of places, Indianapolis, uh, actually Utah, uh, uh, I don't know, West Virginia, all kinds of places coming up. Um, I will uh, let you more, de- I'll let you know more details. I'm going to try to get like a schedule kind of thing on Creative Pep Talk, but man, I'm going to have to get someone to manage that for me because I'm not good at doing stuff like that. Anyway, stay tuned for that. I hope this gives you the creative juice that you need to stack another week onto the pile of investment in your creative career. And until you're on empty again next week, stay pepped up.